All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. America. Happy Sunday. So glad to join you on this beautiful summer weekend. I hope you're outside enjoying the great weather, going for a walk, maybe getting ready to grill out for the family. Pop open a glass of wine out of your wine enthusiast refrigerator. I hope you're using that, right? Uh, We've got a great show for you today. Some of the best interviews from Just the News, Not Noise that I did with Amanda Head this week. We had some great guests, starting with country star John Rich. Yes, you remember him. He was one of the half of the great country duo. Big and Rich, remember? Ride a Cowboy, Save a Horse. A new patriotic song out that really raises questions about the direction of this country. Progress. The radio stations wouldn't play it. The traditional music industry's apparatus for marketing wouldn't market it. So he went on Truth Social and Bob Boom. He put it out there and on Rumble. And within a few hours, he's been number one for an entire week. The number one downloaded song on Apple. He bypassed all the machinery went to a couple of nascent free speech platforms and made history. John Rich is here to tell us that. And they're also going to get to hear the song, which is a pretty good deal, right? Then Congressman Jim Jordan, Congressman James Comer. They are the two guys that are going to oversee the most important House committees investigating the FBI, Russia collusion, domestic terrorism, and all the school parents that got labeled that way. And of course, Hunter Biden's many follies overseas. James Comer, next up with Jim Jordan. Both of them are going to talk about their investigative gender for 2023. Congressman Troy Nels, he's got a new book out about January 6th, calling into question some of the narratives that the committee has put out there. He's got the facts from his own eyewitness account of what happened that day. And finally, Ann Wood Dorn. If you don't know Ann Wood Dorn, you want to tune in to hear her compelling story. She's the widow of slain Captain David Dorn, the St. Louis retired police captain who was shot and killed during the BLM riots of 2020. A jury recently convicted his killer, brought healing to the entire community because even in the midst of the BLM riots, David Dorn was a beloved figure. He was a blues blue, a man of the people, a great emblem, a great representative, a great figure in policing. His life was cut too short by a callous, heinous criminal. But Justice has been done, and you're going to hear an amazing thing about Ann Woodorn. She's been through that journey of grief. She's doing things now to make a difference, like hosting a brand new show, Celebrating Heroes, called Hidden Heroes Radio Show. But she has an incredible statement she's made about the family of the man who killed him. You have to hear it yourself. I don't know if I'd have the capacity to do what Ann Woodorn does, but she did. You want to hear this interview. It's a must-listen interview. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, 
Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Good evening, America. Welcome to the Friday edition of Just the News, Not Noise. Yes, we made it through the week. How about that? I'm John Solomon coming to you from Washington, D.C. And Amanda, I've got to say, I'm going to miss you last week. It's been so exciting to be in the new studio, to have all the great guests, all the stories we break, but there's nothing like having you sitting right beside me right here in the studio doing this show together. I know, I know. I I almost don't want to go back to L.A., but there is one special person who's waiting for me. Ah, Uh, But I... Yeah, I will certainly miss sitting here beside you in our beautiful new space, as you alluded to. But, you know, after spending a week in the swamp, I am awfully excited to get back to L.A. to my new studio where you are going to have to come and grace, you know, grace my new studio with your presence. It's not quite this. But it's pretty darn good. It looked darn good. I can't wait to see it. And yes, I will come to, what do you call California? The land of grapefruit and nuts? Fruits and nuts. Fruits and nuts. I'm going to be coming there sometime soon. It's going to be fun. So, uh, well, listen, I think something that we will have to be arranged in the months ahead for sure is a trip to California, maybe two or three. But if there's one place that we need to go first, it's to Nashville. Just last week, one half of the iconic country duo band, Big and Rich, made history uh, when he bypassed the traditional music industry machine and introduced his newest song, Progress, on former President Trump's Truth Social Media and on the Rumble video platform within hours, John Rich's song soared, get a load of this, to the top of the Apple iTunes chart. Numero uno, number one, surpassing megastars like Billie Eilish, Lizzo, Beyonce, and others. I think I got all those names right, even though you I don't did. know You did, good job. About that. Yeah. Uh, I think I could sit there and tell everyone what John told me during an exclusive interview posted on justthenews.com, but I got a better opportunity for you. He's joining us here to kick off our Friday show. John Rich, what an honor to have you on the show. Great to be with you guys. Yeah, it's it's a fun time, John. And you know what? You were the first guy to really reach out and want to hear the story. So uh, it was an honor to speak with you. Yeah, it was. I had such a fun conversation. It's hard to believe it was a week ago, but nothing's changed. You're still hovering in that number one spot. People have embraced this story. Tell us first the inspiration for this story, progress, because it really calls into question what the word progressive means in America today. Well, so for people that haven't heard the song yet, I'll just give you a little bit of the lyrics. The chorus says, stick your progress where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Keep your big mess away from me and mine. And if you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. So stick your progress where the sun don't shine. That's the chorus. Um, listen, it was so ironic to me to look around our country and see all these terrible things that are happening to everybody and realize that it's being done under the banner of the word progress, because it's anything but progress. But as we've learned, 
a lot of times they like to invert these words and turn it into something that it's absolutely not meant to be. Progress is one of those words, in my opinion. So as a songwriter, uh, I was thinking about that and I went, man, nobody's going to write this song because nobody would ever play it at radio and the music industry is not ever going to allow any of their artists to put it out. But it just so happens that I no longer am involved in the music industry on that level. I, I haven't had a record deal in several years on purpose. I don't have a publishing deal. I don't have anybody telling me what I can sing, what I can write. And I've been very blessed that I've had a great career, still having a great career. Um, and I can afford to not have to ask their permission. So I recorded the song and I thought, you know, one of the lines in the song says they shut down our voices. That's mm -hmm. in the second verse. And they who shut the voices down and my, who I was talking about, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, they shut everybody down. If they don't like what you're saying or they say it's disinformation, even though four months later it's proved to be true. Did you get your First Amendment rights back on that platform? Well, of course not. They, they are the ones shutting you down. So I thought, well. It would be kind of hypocritical of me to have a song that's railing against those platforms and then use those platforms to launch the song, right? That's that's hypocritical, even though I have a huge following on Twitter and, and other places. So I decided, let's experiment for a second. What if I only launch it on True Social and on Rumble? And let's just start right there and let's just see if we can be competitive with everybody else in the world, not just country music, but everybody. Let's see if that's enough to get her done, right? So yeah. we put it out within six hours of that song hitting True Social and Rumble. It was the number one most downloaded song across all genres of music. And that proves such a huge point, guys. It's such a huge point that you don't have to bend the knee to beat the machine. You don't have to. Our people are out there. If we give them the right content and we're bold enough to step out there and, and take what we know is coming, uh, which I've gotten plenty of that, then you actually can succeed in this environment. Yeah, a liberating I, moment. I love it so much. You know, we've been moving closer and closer to this parallel economy in different sectors of commerce in America. And I love that you have paved the way for the music industry. Do you expect that other artists are going to follow in your footsteps and, and circumvent their labels and publishing companies and record deals and just go straight through platforms like that? Well, if they have a record label, they can't circumvent their record label because the record label owns right. everything they sing. That's that's the problem. There's a lot of country artists uh, that I'm friends with that feel exactly how I feel about it, but they they can't do it. I mean, they're it's not that they get censored. They don't even they don't even record it in the first place because they know it's it's just going to get shelved. It's not going to come out. Really, what this does is for uh, creators out there who maybe that somebody you've never heard of before that's the best when it's somebody you've never heard of but they bring the right content and they get noticed and then somebody like truth and rumble can get behind it and push it wouldn't you like to look up and see all kinds of patriotic freedom loving content creators number one on the big charts i mean they call this a culture war it really is a culture war so how do you know if you're winning or losing in a culture war how do we keep score of that well i would argue that taking away their most prized possession from them shows that you're competitive and that, that you're at least swinging, right? So the number one spot on iTunes, which is their download chart, in the music industry, that's one of their most prized possessions is that number one spot on the download chart. So I feel like if you're going to be in the culture war, come after them, you know? I'm yeah. not negative. I'm not angry. I'm just speaking the truth and I'm singing from my heart. And it appears that a lot of people feel the same way. Oh, there's no doubt. In fact, we're going to play the song at the end of the show, but there's only going to be like two or three people in our whole audience who hasn't heard it. It has gone yeah. gangbusters. <laughs> uh, it's really, really amazing. We had another young aspiring artist on our show, uh, Natasha Owens, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. And she comes out of the contemporary Christian, now dabbling into country music. And she said she was shocked to see how much a subsection of the music industry, the country music industry, has gone woke. It's not the DJs who play the music, not the artists in the songwriters, but it is some of the record labels and some of the station owners pr practicing censorship on the very values that make country music what it is. Are, do you feel some of that? Have you seen some of that as your career has developed into being a big megastar? <laughs> you, you should have seen some of the meetings that were taking place when I was at Warner Brothers Records in Nashville, when I would do an interview with Sean Hannity or somebody like that. Oh my gosh. 
start talking about current events. Oh, man, they had meetings about that. John, you're going to wreck your whole career. You're going to lose your record. You're going you're gonna to destroy everything. you got to stop doing that kind of stuff. And I went, what are you talking about? My whole audience uh, thinks like that. And that's the interesting dichotomy going on here is you've got conglomerates in Nashville. You've only got about four major companies that own 90% of all the labels. And those conglomerates are run by extremely liberal people. And so as an artist, you know that your audience feels a certain way, thinks a certain way to a large extent, not everybody, but a vast percentage of the country audience feels a lot like I feel. But the label is not going to ever let them have content that speaks to what these people really care about. Is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard of? <laughs> that's not even good for business. That's not that's not even a good business decision. But that's the way it is. So I just happen to be in a very unique position where I've got a I've got a good fan base. My voice still works. I can still write a good country song. And I've got folks like yourself willing to talk about the music that I put out. Listen, 88% of Americans earlier in, in July said that they don't think the United States is going in the right direction. You couldn't get 88% of Americans to agree that they all like eating ice cream. That's right. Much yeah. less on something like that. Think about that. So I would call that unity. I think America is finding unity in the pain that we're going through right now. I think this song being at the top like that, it's not number one because I'm singing it. It's number one because of what it says. Absolutely. And I remember a few years ago when you came out with the song Shut Up About Politics and I was like, OK, I like it. I like it. And I remember thinking something must have changed with his contracts. He's, he's either gone off on his own, which you did, uh, or, or something has drastically changed in the music industry. Uh, when it comes to to that song in particular, was that kind of what what was like the gateway drug to get you into being more bolder and writing a song like Progress? Because Progress is a lot bolder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Progress is this, this and that. That's what that's what. <laughs> um. I've got two kids, two sons, they're 10 and 12. And one day I was I was watching the news, upset like everybody else, and I thought to myself, they're watching me watch the news, and I thought, am I gonna be the guy that yells at the TV? But then I walk out the door and I go play patty cake with these people mm. that are doing this just so I can go make a dollar bill. And I thought, you know what, I think I'm done doing that. I, I felt there was a lack of integrity for me to be that way. That if I'm going to feel a certain way about my country and I want to go say that, I'm going to go say that. I think about the shoulders we stand upon, our founding fathers who signed the Declaration of Independence, what they were risking. If the Brits had have ever caught them, they were going to hang those men by their necks. They were going to burn their property and erase their families from the history of the earth. But they signed it anyway. And their phrase, liberty or death, give me liberty or give me death. Guys, that was not a hashtag on social media. That was not a t-shirt. <laughs> That's the attitude it took to found our country. So who are we, the future generations that they risked it all for? Who are we to be so spineless that we're worried about getting kicked off a social media platform or somebody giving us a dirty look at work yeah. or whatever else they want to do? Give them a dirty look. We'll give them one right now. <laughs> you sure did. And you know what? You liberated the whole industry. There's a pathway now for a lot of other stars to go the route you did. John Rich, thank you for what you did. Thank you for allowing us to play your song at the end of the show. That's how we're going to end tonight. God bless you, my friend. Thank you, guys. Take care. A big thank you for John Rich for spending so much time and allowing us to play his new hit song, Progress, John Rich. There's a hole in this country where its heart used to be And no glory is divided on fire in the street They say building back better make America great If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say Stick your progress where the sun don't shine Keep your big mess away from me if you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine.
let go Jesus, let government say You can have back your freedoms if you do what we say Stick your progress where the sun don't shine Keep your big mess away from me and mine If you leave us alone, well we'd all be just fine Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Joining us now to continue this important conversation about problems inside the FBI is Congressman Jim Jordan, likely to be the next chairman of the House Judiciary Committee once uh, Republicans take control of Congress. Congressman, great to have you on today. Good to be with you, John. Thanks for what you do. You have such an important letter that came out in the last 24 hours, extending what we're learning from these FBI whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us the latest revelations about juicing these statistics to make domestic terrorism yeah. look worse than it is. Yeah, they're, they're, they're juicing the numbers, plain and simple. They set up this, this office on domestic terrorism just a few months ago. It's been their big focus of the Democrats because they can't talk about everything else that they've done wrong. Every policy decision they made that's been a disaster. So uh, they've got this focus. And we've had whistleblowers now, multiple whistleblowers come to us and tell 
tell us they are being pressured to recatalog cases as domestic terrorism cases to, I think, fit this whole crazy political narrative that the Biden administration has. And so uh, I think the other interesting thing, John, is there is now becoming a well-worn trail of FBI agents as whistleblowers to our office on this issue, the school board issue and other issues. We now had over a dozen FBI whistleblowers come to us and talk about the political nature and what's going on at our Justice Department, which should frighten every American. Congresswoman, when Americans read this letter, I think that their number one concern, and it's something that you actually raised in the letter, is the fact that when they reclassify these cases, it takes away from the preparedness of actual domestic terrorism. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of problems with that. When when you have political influence, instead of following the facts and following the, the, the truth, and we have political influences trying to, to function here, that's a problem. And, and we've seen it now. Um, you guys have been great in covering the history of what, what we've seen at the FBI with FISA abuses, with what they did to President Trump's campaign and what they did, uh, you know, all, all throughout the, the, the Biden administration, different things we've seen. So um, those are all concerns. Uh, I think it's also interesting that the person uh, Senator Grassley referenced in his letter, who two years ago was suppressing verifiable information about the Hunter Biden story, this Timothy Tebalt, that individual who was cited in Senator Grassley's letter from a few days ago, is the same individual these whistleblowers tell us is pressuring them to reclassify these cases. That is interesting that it's the same person here in the, in the Washington field office. Yeah, it's really scary. And you also have an analyst uh, who had uh, common ties to the Russian collusion case and, and, and that matter. Uh, Congressman, you've done almost more than anyone I can think of to bring out the concerns and worries and problems that the FBI has gone through. But they just came, seem to be cycling faster and faster. First, it was Russia collusion. Then it's the Michigan cases. Now it's the Hunter Biden case. Now it's domestic terrorism. It doesn't seem like the director of the FBI, or the attorney general, has a fix on this or an intention to fix it. What can you do? What can Congress no, do question. in the next year to force change? Yeah, we can continue to do the investigations, get the facts and the truth to the American people. We can look at the appropriations process, which is the legislature's job, the, the, the legislative branch of, of government's uh, a job. And, and then hopefully in, in two years, we can elect a Republican president, I think, and, and hope it's going to be President Trump. Um, I think he's going to run. I hope he does. And I want him to win. And then you put in place the right kind of leadership at the Justice Department who will actually rein that, that institution in, get, get rid of the politics and focus on equal treatment under the law, the rule of law, the Constitution, and not all the political things that we see now. Congressman, these whistleblowers, by the way, I don't find it um, coincidental that they came from field offices, most of them, and not from here in D.C., but these whistleblowers that, that came forward and about the reclassification of cases, you know, a lot of Americans watched as the DOJ classified parents as domestic terrorists, and so for your average American, if you see something like that reclassified as domestic terrorism, there are obviously red flags. Throughout these reclassifications, is it typically cases like that where the American people would say, whoa, 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 that's nothing near that? Yeah, well, well exactly. And you've given it the right context, because remember, these were moms and dads simply showing up at school board meetings, speaking up for their kids. And we had this concerted effort that all took place. I always always point out September 29th of last year, the School Board Association writes the letter. Five days later, October 4th, Merrick Garland issues the memorandum to all U.S. attorneys. And then 16 days after that, the FBI sends out a memorandum saying, put this threat tag, this designation, this label on, on, on parents. That all happens in 22 days. When have you ever seen the federal government move that fast? And we also have now since uh, learned that prior to the initial letter on September 29th, the Biden White House was talking with the School Board Association. They talked about referencing the Patriot Act. The Biden White House didn't object to that, and it was included in the letter. So there was the the letter was just a pretext for the Biden administration, the Justice Department, to do what they wanted to do. They just worked with the School Board Association to get that letter to kind of be the catalyst for launching this. And then we find out this other stuff that we've learned from additional whistleblowers. That's the frightening aspect of this. Um, and again, I think what concerns so many Americans, and remember some of those cases in the school board, one case was a Democrat uh, official, party hack, reports on Republican elected officials. And even though they had no evidence, they used the, 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 the uh, snitch line to call in to the FBI. No evidence. They just did it because they were Republicans and they were talking about concerns about the vaccine mandate. That, and, they were, and, and those people were investigated, for goodness sake. So... Um, 
that again is the frightening part uh, of, of what's going on here in our Justice Department. Yeah, we're very, if this continues, sir, it seems like we're no real different than a banana republic, that the, the law Sad. enforcement agencies can be weaponized to go after anyone, regardless of a predicate, regardless if the allegation has merit. Is that some of the things that these line agents who've come forward are, are worried about, that the FBI doesn't resemble the FBI of old? Yeah, exactly. And, and again, we, we always point this out, John, and you guys have done this as well, that the rank and file agents are, are the vast, vast, vast majority are great people who who want to adhere to the Constitution, do the rule of law, keep bad guys off the streets and, and do what we're supposed to do in law enforcement. It's always the folks at the top who are the problem. It's not the folks out there doing the day to day hard work. So uh, we always try to make that distinction because it's 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 true. It's factual. But the people at the top, I mean, we all remember Comey and McCabe and Strzok and Page and these these people and what they did. Um, that's the part that scares people. And that's what has to be cleaned up because leadership makes a difference. We know that. Um, and then you got to have the right people in place at the top for an organization to truly function the way it's supposed to and the way it ought to in our great country. Congressman, on the day of the congressional baseball game, I promise this pun is not intended, uh, but Joe Manchin decided to play ball with the more leftist wing of his party, agreed to this new bill uh, with regards to inflation, a lot of climate crisis in there. Talk to us about that. It's going to exacerbate the inflation problem. I mean, I, I mean, I remember a few weeks ago when, when Secretary Yellen said, we're sort of surprised at the at the high inflation. Like, are you kidding me? You spend like crazy, you pay people not to work and you drive up the cost of energy. I don't see anything in this legislation, anything that left wing senators are going to agree to. Manchin may think it's going to help, but I don't see how it's going to help with the energy cost, which is certainly a big driver of inflation. And then when you're spending a boatload more money and on top of that, raising people's taxes, how is that going to help our economic situation? And this all comes out literally just hours before we find out we are, in fact, in a recession because of the Joe Biden and Democrat policies that they put in place. So uh, I hope this I hope we can actually stop this chips bill. Um, and, and, and if we can if there's a chance we can hold that up and use that as leverage to stop stop this crazy additional spending that the Democrats want to do. Yeah, so important. Uh, so I want to ask a little about, uh, we're getting into the final months of a very important election going to determine control of Congress. You have your pulse on the finger of Americans. You're talking out there, you're campaigning all the time. What are the top issues that Americans are going to make their decision on, on in November? It's a, it's a broad issue, John. It's, it's, it's the fact that the country's on the wrong track. I mean, you, you, you follow politics for a while. Um, when nine out of 10 of our fellow citizens, almost 90% of the country thinks that the nation is on the wrong track, uh, that's a that 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 is well. First of all, they think that because it's true, and when that's the case, uh, that's what concerns Americans. That the, the, the border went from being secure to complete chaos. We went from stable prices to record inflation, 41 year in, uh, high inflation. We went from safe streets to record levels of crime, and we went from uh, energy independence to five dollar gas. So that that is that's what's on people's mind. And then you add to it the fact Democrats have went after. Your First Amendment liberties, your Second Amendment liberties, your Fourth Amendment due process rights. I mean, and then finally, the last thing is, if you look at foreign policy, the weakness projected from the Oval Office, the the debacle that was the exit from Afghanistan. I mean, on and on it goes. So there's a reason nine out of ten of uh, American of the American people think that the country's on the wrong track. It is, and I think they're fixing to make a change and put Republicans in uh, back in, in, in control. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, sir, we appreciate all you're doing. These whistleblower allegations are some of the most important things I've seen in the 30 years I've been reporting. I can't wait to keep following them. Thanks for your time today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. 
comfortable. Ah. Good evening, America, and welcome to your Thursday edition of Just the News, Not Noise. I'm John Solomon reporting from Washington, D.C., where I've been lucky all week to be joined by my amazing colleague, Amanda Head. Amanda, there's a lot happening in Washington today. What's Yes, that is right, John. And honestly, I often find that when I'm here in Washington with you, the pot always gets stirred. Hmm, I don't know how that happens. I'll second that. Yeah, new information (laughs) comes to light for the American people to see just how corrupt, corrupt the swamp truly is. For instance, something that we will talk about later in the show, but I can't forget it at the top of our hour. Joe Biden held a press conference on the current state of our economy, and it went, well, as well as you could expect, as GDP fell almost 1%, uh, point in the second quarter, uh, which is often the smoke signal of a sign of a strong recession. And despite big bank CEOs like Goldman Sachs warning of a recession about a week ago, Biden, Yellen, and the White House economist advisors are billing this as a time of transition, which seemingly is Secretary Pete Buttigieg and Granholm's motto as it relates to high gas prices and their shove to get the American people behind the wheel of, um, what, $60,000 electric vehicles? It's these blatant lies that Democrat officials continue to tell the American people that only fuel the Republicans and independents to get out the vote efforts come time November. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be, it's already shaping up to be a classic pocketbook election, and that really favors uh, the Republicans this November. A lot of history still to go, but uh, while people are hurting in their wallets, they're also growing more distrustful of the integrity of very important government agencies like the FBI and the Justice Department. Earlier this week, we reported on Senators Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley revealing that several FBI whistleblowers, some of them in senior jobs, have revealed significant wrongdoing inside politically sensitive investigations for instance, probes of Republicans are being launched without inadequate, uh, with inadequate evidence, according to the whistleblowers, and probes of Democrats like Hunter Biden, that when there is some legitimate evidence of wrongdoing, are being thwarted. Now, we've been digging into those revelations and have discovered one of the players, a DOJ official named Richard Pilger, had been fingered, uh, he was fingered by the FBI whistleblowers in this latest revelation, but guess what? He has a history going all the way back to the Lois Lerner IRS scandal. You remember that one a decade ago? when conservative nonprofits were being unfairly targeted for audits. We're going to have a lot more on that later in the show with one of our guests. But first, our first guest tonight is the lead House investigator on all things Hunter Biden. And next year, very likely, will be the chairman of the main House Oversight Committee if Republicans win control of Congress. He is Congressman James Comer of the great state of Kentucky. And he has some breaking news for us to share with tonight. Uh, Congressman, great to have you on the show today. Great to be back. I remember when the Hunter Biden scandal first started to burble up. I was doing a lot of reporting then at the Hill. And there were these indications that there were suspicious bank uh, reports that were flagging some of his transactions. But the Republicans never got around to subpoenaing the president's son or getting a hold of those SARS reports and getting him in the hands of the American public. I want to ask you, as we start out the conversation tonight, if Republicans take back the House and you become chairman of that committee, will you subpoena Hunter Biden and James Biden to testify and we obtain those bank records for the American public to see. Yes, we're going to ask them to testify. When they say no, then we'll subpoena them. So uh, that'll be probably the first subpoena issued by a Republican majority. Uh, and it's not that we're picking on Hunter Biden for political reasons. We believe that Hunter Biden and his shady business dealings has compromised Joe Biden in some of the decisions that he's making, especially when you look at decisions he's made toward with respect to China and with respect to Russia. So uh, we consider this a priority for the American people. We should consider this a national security risk, and we're not going to let up on it. Yeah, Congressman, a lot of Americans remember throughout the 2020 campaign and a little bit towards the end of 2019, Joe Biden offered a number of explanations about his son's dealings. He uh, at one point said that he didn't know anything about it, and then he stretched all the way to calling I believe my co-host a conspiracy theorist, but he had had his wages garnished, a grand jury had subpoenaed his bank records. Evidence seemed to have been overwhelming. Is there any way that Joe Biden didn't know at that point? No, I think we've already seen that Joe Biden knew uh, very well who Hunter was associating himself with. He also knew where Hunter Biden was going and where he was trying to peddle influence uh, in all of our adversaries uh, with respect to Uh, Russia, with respect to China, Ukraine, 
the Middle East, the Congo. I believe Joe Biden knew about all of it. And what we're seeing now, we've got that uh, phone message where Joe Biden calls Hunter after this Chinese uh, fiasco was starting to break. And he said, look, I, you know, I think you're free and clear now. Everything's good. So obviously, Joe Biden was keeping up with that. Now we have text messages and phone messages that show that Joe Biden was communicating uh, with many of Hunter's business associates. We're seeing call logs now, uh, White House visitor logs that show that uh, there were many, many communications between uh, Joe Biden and Hunter's business associates. So uh, we've proven that that was not true. What Joe Biden said, he knew very well uh, most of what Hunter Biden was doing. Yeah, there's no doubt uh, the, the evidence gets stronger every day. I want to turn to a second family member that I know you've been doing a lot of work on. And you had a big revelation earlier this week about him. James Biden, the president's brother, had a lot of connections in the Middle East, seemed to be trading on those connections while his brother was the vice president. How important is James Biden to your overall investigation into this influence peddling? James Biden's very important because I believe James Biden was the brains of the operation. I mean, you could look at the videos of Hunter Biden uh, with his crack pipe and uh, all of his extracurricular activities. And uh, you would uh, be led to believe that he's probably not the sharpest pencil in the box. But now Jim Biden, on the other hand, uh, looks to me like he's uh, a lot more careful and calculated in his business dealings. But they both had the same business, and that was influence peddling. So one of James Biden's business models was to go to startup companies that are always in need of capital and pitch his services as being Joe Biden's brother and saying that uh, I can help you get investment in the Middle East and in other countries that are you know, usually adversarial to the United States. So uh, we found a lawsuit in federal bankruptcy court where a Tennessee healthcare company filed suit against James Biden, where he uh, went before their board and pledged to help them find seed capital in the Middle East with his brother's political connections. Uh, they paid him. They loaned him some money, I guess, to go on his trip. Uh, bottom line, he never did deliver on the seed on the seed capital. But the fact that the president's brother went before a, a startup healthcare company in Tennessee and pledged that he could uh, help them get funding in the Middle East, that's a concern. And again, this is another example of uh, the the reasons why we're investigating the whole Biden family, because if they're influence peddling, that means that uh, there's someone in the administration, there's someone in the government that's working with the Biden family. And that's a problem. That's illegal. It's unethical. And it's something that the president has consistently denied that, you know, more and more evidence is coming forward that, uh, you know, it, it's obvious the president wasn't truthful in that. Yeah. And Congressman, it seems to run rampant within certain D.C. type families. I'm old enough to remember when Bill Clinton was getting exorbitant speaking fees when his wife served as secretary of state. And I'm wondering, as far as this influence peddling, pay to play, quid pro quo nature of all of this, how how scandalous and corrupt is this compared to something like that? Because a lot of people were upset about that and nothing ever happened. You know, Bill Clinton did a lot of things that uh, we saw in the paper with respect to profiting off of uh, Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State. Bill Clinton was also a former president. So, you know, he, he walked a fine line. He crossed the line. That's the way Bill Clinton always did. But with respect to Joe Biden, if he had his son, who's a you know shady character to begin with, and I don't think anyone would deny that except maybe Joe Biden. Who, if he had him working with a suspicious Chinese company that's, uh, you know, part owned by the Chinese Communist Party, and he wants 10% of this company in his name because he's the big guy, then that's a problem. That makes Watergate look like jaywalking. You know, if you've got a sitting vice president of the United States who's dispatched his son to work with our adversaries in China, the Chinese Communist Party, to try to... Uh, have them give him, not buy, but give him 10% of a company. I mean, that's something that we've never seen in, in presidential policy. This is while he's still vice president. And, you know, this is something that, that's wrong because, you know, right now, uh, if you have America first agenda, 
you, you don't really want to do a lot with China right now. We should be focused in Congress on trying to get manufacturing from China back to the United States. We need to focus on our intelligence, making sure that China isn't spying on us with drones and other, you know, TikTok and other uh, technological footprints that they have in the United States. But here's Joe Biden trying to profit with the Chinese Communist Party. That's a problem. That's why we're doing this investigation. We're not going to let up and we're going to hold people accountable for any wrongdoing that we find. Yeah, it's an epic moment to get truth on something that's really been dragged out for four years. And I think we're getting a little sense maybe why the FBI's investigation took so long. Uh, the whistleblowers that uh, Senator Grassley and Senator Johnson made public earlier this week revealed uh, that uh, there was an effort in this during the election year 2020 to slow down the FBI investigation, write a memo, suggest all these very real things you just talked about were disinformation so that FBI agents would drop off the case for a while. Do you have confidence that the FBI and the current Justice Department are going to finish the investigation properly, or would you like to see a special counsel appointed? Uh, I want to see the House Republicans have a bite at the apple first. So I, I've not been impressed with special counsels in the past. I'm not impressed with Durham. I wasn't impressed with Ken Starr. Uh, I would like to see what we can do because there's a lot of evidence here. Uh, there's not as much digging required with this investigation, which makes it all the more peculiar that the FBI hasn't already done something with Hunter Biden. I mean, he had 150 suspicious activity reports filed from various banks. That means the bank was pretty confident that Hunter Biden was committing some type of criminal activity, but yet they did nothing. They knew Hunter Biden was influence peddling in Ukraine, in Russia, in the Middle East, in China, but yet they did nothing. So uh, I don't have confidence in the FBI right now, but here's what I have confidence in. We've got great media outlets like you all that are reporting on this. The American people see uh, yep. plain and clear all the wrongdoing, and I think the DOJ is going to be forced to do something. I think you're right, sir. And because of your great work as well. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us right now, Congressman Troy Nels from the great state of Texas, who just happens to have a little extra time to write a really big book, The Big Fraud, What Democrats Don't Want You to Know About the January 6, 2020 Election, and a whole lot else. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. John, man, it's good to be with you. Good to be with you. We're super excited about this book because there's been this one-sided narrative in this town for more than a year about what allegedly happened. But when you get to the facts, you get to the police reports, there's a whole different narrative. Tell us what uh, some of the big revelations are in this book. There is, because what you've seen is, you know, Leader McCarthy asked me to be one of the five on the minority side to be on this select committee. And, and obviously Nancy Pelosi, for the first time in the history of Congress, as a speaker, rejected the minority leaders' picks to be on the select committee. So I still felt I had to do what I needed to do to let the American people hear the, the, the flip side of the coin, because all you're hearing, all the American people are hearing, is that this is Donald Trump's fault. Donald Trump and all of his supporters are insurrectionists, and it's just absolutely not true. And I spent a lot of time, a lot of hours, into January 6th, and what I've discovered is somewhat appalling. But you're not going to hear it from this sham committee with Benny Thompson and, and Liz and Adam. And so this book goes into detail about the timeline. It goes into detail about the Capitol Police leadership team and why did they hold on to all the intelligence? It was glaring us in the face 
the intelligence section of the Capitol Police had it all. They knew the Capitol was going to be the target. They knew that uh, that uh, extremist groups were going to be here and hate groups, and they did nothing with it. They didn't share it. It's almost like they wanted it to happen, John. Absolutely. It's, it's a major concern. And, and Congressman, I think so many of us see what's happening with this panel and it seems so Orwellian, um, like the citizens of 1984 were told to ignore the evidence of their eyes and ears. What I love about this book is that you are countering the information that's coming out of this panel, and you start with the cover of the book. You don't even have to crack the book open before you start countering that narrative. Talk to us about the significance of the picture on the cover. There is. You know, I was there. I was one of the last two members on the House floor. And, uh, and so that, this is very, very important. Uh, for the American people to see that that I have first-hand experience on January 6th. And I'm an old law enforcement officer. I was a county sheriff of a large county for eight years in Fort Bend County, Texas. So I knew, know a little bit about uh, law enforcement. And quite honestly, January 6th was really a law enforcement failure, an epic failure. And it started with the U.S. Capitol Police leadership team, specifically the intelligence. But underneath that umbrella is Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi uh, really was the, she, she was in charge of all of this. She's in charge of the, the Capitol Police Board. I believe that, that uh, she had some knowledge about what was going on with the old Sergeant at Arms, Mr. Irving, who really didn't want to cooperate uh, with this committee. So. Uh, it, it just stinks to high heaven, and there's things in this book that you're not going to see on broadcast television. You're not going to see in these hearings that have been held with this sham committee. And, and Donald Trump was very pleased. He was very pleased with this book. He said, this is a must read for all Americans. Obviously, he has endorsed it because nobody is talking about this from our side, or at least very few of us are talking about this and, and we need to let the American people know that there is a counter narrative to this January 6th sham committee and I expose all of it in this book. Yeah, such an important conversation, getting the second side of this story out. Sir, the disinformation campaign is continuing today. Just a little bit ago, the January 6th committee said, hey, we've proven that Donald Trump didn't give an order sending the other uh, troops to the Capitol, clearly playing on the public's knowledge. They don't know how the system works. The president authorizes it, then the local community must request the help before a president can send that troops in. The idea that they would abuse that lack of knowledge and try to pull another fast one today, not mentioning the Posse Comitatus Act and the way this all works, does it concern you that it still goes on even to this moment, even to today? It does, and, and, and how disturbing. Listen, Donald Trump wanted the National Guard here, and, and all the intelligence was there to call for the National Guard. I mean, I even had an opportunity to talk to General Walker, who's now the House Sergeant at Arms, but he was the commanding general of the National Guard on January 6th. And I had a conversation with him. I said, General, I said, with all the intelligence, they knew this was going to get ugly. They knew the extremist groups were going to be there. They knew the Capitol was a target. If the National Guard would have been deployed in our nation's capital, would January 6th have ever happened? He said it would have never happened. So it's almost like there are individuals in this administration, in the leadership of, the, of Congress and the Capitol Police that wanted this to happen because they knew there were gonna be Trump supporters coming up here. They knew this was gonna be a problem. They knew that we were gonna be voting on, on, on whether we we're gonna certify the electors and, and they just wanted hell to break loose. There's no, there's no other explanation to this, John, is that they could have prevented it, but it's like they wanted it to happen. Yeah, anything to tarnish the reputation of this president. Speaking of that president, he spoke earlier today at the AFPI summit. He focused a lot on law and order and the epidemic of crime that is sweeping across our country. As a sheriff, talk to us about how that lawlessness is taking over under the Biden administration. And if Republicans take back the House in or take back the House in November, is there a way that we can do an about face and try to repair some of those those damaging uh, policy pieces? The, the lawlessness started a few years back, and probably five years ago, but when you look at the summer riots in 2020, all related to George Floyd, to me that all kind of accumulated into January 6th. The left went crazy, the left wanted to say we have nothing but these Trump people out there hurting, hurting minority groups. You saw uh, the left did nothing to stop the summer riots. They didn't. 
and they wanted to blame white supremacists on destroying our country. And that's where you have Antifa coming into play. So I just, the, the book goes through some of these details, but the American people are the ones that are suffering, especially the, the people in the inner cities. Murders are up, all different levels of crime are up in our cities. And what is the left doing about it? They want to talk about defunding the police or absolutely maybe even abolishing law enforcement. So really, it doesn't make any sense to me, but the American people are looking at this and saying, I don't care what color you are. I don't care if you're on the left or the right. We want to feel safe and secure in our homes and our communities. And why isn't this administration doing something about it? it makes no sense to me. The left controls this. The left owns the defund the police narrative. Well, sir, today they got to hear an alternative plan. As President Trump clearly laid out a multi-step plan for fighting that crime wave. I'll be covering a lot of that over the next 24 hours or so. Sir, always an offer to ha always an honor to have you on. Thank you with the good, uh, great new book you've given to the public here. We really appreciate it. God bless. God bless. It's on Amazon. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Right, have you. a good one. All right, folks, we take a quick commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest suffered an unthinkable loss in the summer of 2020 during those terrible riots. Uh, her husband, retired police captain David Dorn, was fatally shot while providing security at a scene there. Joining us right now, Ann Wood Dorn, great to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I know it's been two years. You just saw the man who killed your husband uh, finally convicted. What was that moment like and what message does it send to the community? Um, the moment was surreal. We were waiting for that for two years. Um, it brought a lot of peace to us. So, you know, we did get to, um, to have that in our lives. But um, what it sends to the community is um, they're fed up. The community is fed up and they're ready for justice. They're ready for the crime wave to stop. Yeah. And you have shown just a remarkable level of, of grace uh, and humility throughout all of this. And you expressed actually sympathy for the family of your husband's killer, uh, talking about the fact that they're losing a family member, they're losing a brother and a son. That had to have been very hard for you to move past uh, the, the anger and indignation over what happened to your husband and to get to that place where, where you have that sympathy. Talk to us about that journey for you. Um. The feelings have never really come for the young man who killed my husband. I've, I haven't dwelled on him very much, but I do have sympathy for his family because of, you know, the fact that he did take a life and that's a stigma on them. And the fact that they're going to have to live without him now, that was a choice he made. They didn't make that choice. So I, and, and, and being a police officer for 28 years, I've always seen how it affects everyone involved. So I, I do have that sympathy for them. Um, as far as the young man that killed my husband, I still haven't really dealt with all those emotions yet, so I can't say how I feel about him mm. yet. But um, I'll have a chance to have my say when they do sentencing. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be an important moment for our country. Uh, and you've been doing some work with con uh, Concerned Communities of America. You're trying to get uh, the public to understand the true motives and true intentions of Black Lives Matter BLM. Tell us a little bit about that, what you're doing with corporations. I'm working with uh, Concerned Communities of America, Pastor Mark Little, and along with other black pastors and community leaders, they are trying to educate 
the community, especially the uh, these woke corporations, athletes and celebrities about just blindly funding Black Lives Matter when um, when all they're doing is lining their pockets and the pockets of their family buying mansions and not putting money back into the communities. We've had St. Louis has had an untold number of children killed in the last two years and no money has gone back to those families. There's been nothing done in the communities to better them. Matter of fact, when they call for riots, um, it destroys black communities. When the Black Lives Matter come into communities, they, they target these communities and that's where they riot and no money's going back into that. So, you know, we want these, these corporations to wake up and say, listen, you know, we made a mistake and um, we don't want to defund the police. We don't want to demean the police and we don't want the police gone. The police are who protect us and these communities want us there. So um, I've gotten together with three other widows and concerned communities and we, we made a short video to send out to these corporations and for people to see so that we can um, better educate them on what's happening out there. Until it happens to you or a loved one, you just don't understand the impact it has. And um, to see the video, or to know more, you can go to www.concerncommunities.org forward slash pledge. And um, you'll be on the website and you'll get to see the video that we just did. That's so important. And I think that that has been uh, hugely pivotal in getting the word out there. You also have a radio show uh, that's called Hidden Heroes with Ann Dorn. Talk to us about that show. That um, came about last year in August, and it's about the families of first responders and those who stand behind them. Um, it, uh, it educates them and, and humanizes the badge, like their fathers, their mothers, their husbands and wives, their brothers and sisters, their children. Um, they're human. And so we talked to the families and how life of being a family member of a first responder is affected. Mm. Yeah, such an important message and to give the, the human side of law enforcement, which often gets lost in the media. Um, this verdict, I think a lot of people have wondered, communities like St. Louis, which have endured these enormous crime waves, there's been a silent majority that was really frustrated by what's going on. It seems like the silence has ended and that the communities are really speaking up more uh, in the face of all of the pain that they've suffered. Was this a big moment for St. Louis to have this conviction and for the public to say enough is enough? I think so. David was a large figure in our community. He um, he worked in our community for 38, well, 43 years total, but 38 within the city of St. Louis. Um, he worked in that community for years, just in that community right there alone. And he was well respected. So if this would have gone um, ignored or um, just not taken care of, then I think there would have been an outcry within our communities. But yes, it was a it was a huge victory. And I wanted to ask you, you know, the issues that BLM ostensibly fights against. Uh, obviously, they sound like good things, reducing crime in the community. But but some of the tenets that they stand on, you know, breaking up of a nuclear family, abolishing police, they are they are really destructive to communities. Um, but I also find that, that so many of those issues within the black community uh, are cultural. It's because of the breakdown of the family. It's because of the lack of father figures like you were speaking about. When it pertains to the corruption surrounding BLM and the issue at large, do you find that issue to be more cultural or political? I think both plays a part in it because part of it is cultural. It's been history, you know, um, it's a generational that's been happening. But I think that the, uh, politicians uh, encourage it, you know, they by um, doing support in the communities, giving out um, welfare and stuff like that. Welfare wasn't supposed to be something to live on. It was supposed to be something to get yourself back on your feet. And now you have generations of people on welfare mm -hmm. and um, it needs to it needs to go back to a nuclear family and both parties, you know, mothers and fathers need to be a part of it. You know, they don't I would love for them to stay married, but if they can't, at least be part of your child's life and support your children and welfare and the government should be staying out of that altogether. Yeah, so important, important messages. And I think a lot of Americans are nodding their head when they hear you say that tonight. And thanks so much for the work that you and Pastor Mark Literal are doing. Again, folks, concerncommunities.org, an easy uh, URL. Go check it out. Important things going on there.
Stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. All right, folks, we'll be back tomorrow, Monday, with a new edition of John Solomon Reports. We're going to have some big scoops this coming week, some investigative scoops, Hunter Biden, you name it. We got it covered. God bless you. Have a great evening, and we'll be back on Monday with our regular program. Good night. It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.